This is Dr. Edward Gaber. This podcast is on Bell's palsy. This is a redo of my previous podcast, which contained an error. Facial or seventh nerve palsy is the most common paralysis of all cranial nerves. About 75% of all cases are deemed idiopathic with inflammation of the facial nerve or from reactivation of the herpes simplex 1 virus. The palsy has a quick onset and usually peaks in about three days. One-sided facial weakness with facial droop, flattening of the nasolabial fold, inability to fully close the eye or close the eyelids tightly, pucker the lips, puff out the cheeks, or raise the corner of the mouth occurs. There is no sparing of the forehead, and this is the way to differentiate strokes from Bell's palsy, except with the exceptions below. They can be dry mouth or dry eye from parasitic dysfunction. There, however, can be a wet wet and teary eye. There can be problems with taste on the anterior two-thirds of the tongue and sensitivity to sound from involvement of the stapedis muscle in the ear. Occasionally, pain behind the ear, over the mastoid, and over the face occurs. If facial pain occurs, viral otitis or a parotid tumor should be considered. Paresthesias of the face are said to be from motor, not sensory changes. The symptoms often last about five weeks. If the symptoms are not improving after three days or last over three months, Alternative causes of the paralysis should be suspect. The House Brackman grading system judges the severity of the facial nerve palsy, especially if there's history of skin cancer or head or skull-based tumors, mouth or neck cancer, parotid or other salivary tumors. We look for alternative causes. Schwannomas, hemangiomas, and meningiomas can be a cause. Headaches, seizures, and hearing loss suggest a brain tumor. Basal or artery aneurysms are a rare cause. Meningitis is a rare cause. The Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, caused by the herpes zoster virus, can cause facial paralysis, vertigo, hearing loss, and severe face pain, and may not show any rash but we always look for vesicles or crusting near the external ear canal. Multiple sclerosis, HIV, middle ear infections, cholesteatomas, sarcoidosis, granulomatous disease, Guillain-Barre, trauma to the temporal bone, amyloidosis, and pseudotumor cerebri are other causes. Autoimmune disease, Lyme disease, syphilis, sarcoidosis, multiple sclerosis, leukemia and Guillain-Barre syndrome, diabetes, or a pontine glioma may cause bilateral facial paralysis. 
and some may cause recurrent or alternating side facial paralysis. Rarely, idiopathic seventh nerve palsy can occur bilaterally. Forehead weakness is typically not seen in strokes. However, a cortical stroke on the opposite side can cause facial weakness that includes the brow and also extremity weakness on the same side as the facial weakness. Cortical strokes don't usually cause facial weakness, but also cause hemiparesis, hemisensory loss, dysarthria, or neglect. A stroke of the facial nerve or facial nucleus involvement at the pontine level of the brain can cause weakness of the entire face, including the eyelid and brow on the same side as the stroke. The clue to this type of stroke may include neighborhood signs, numbness of the face on the same side of the stroke from involvement of the sensory component of the trigeminal nucleus and tract, contralateral limb weakness, involvement of the vestibular nuclei with vertigo, nystagmus, involvement of other cranial nerves that affect the eyes with subtle ipsilateral lateral rectus or abducens nerve palsy are the clues. Brainstem events almost always involve cranial nerve six, the abducens nerve, which controls the ability to look laterally. Sarcoidosis and leptomeningeal carcinomatosis can tend to involve the base of the brain also. Workup for persistent symptoms include brain and skull based MRI, spinal tap, comprehensive medical lab with CBC, CMP, ANA, rheumatoid factor, Lyme serology, syphilis and HIV serology, SED rate, C-reactive protein, antiphospholipid antibodies, ANCA, ACE levels, A1C, herpes zoster serology, and monospot. Treatment is with high-dose prednisone, 60 to 80 milligrams every morning for seven days, beginning as soon as possible. The addition of Valtrex, 1,000 milligrams, three times a day for seven days, versus possible herpes has shown a modest benefit. Eye protection, artificial tears, and taping of the eyes shut at night are important. Physical therapy, including massage, electrostimulation, and facial muscle exercises can help. If electrodiagnostic studies show over 90% nerve degeneration, surgical decompression of the facial nerve may be indicated, but is controversial. 75% of patients recover completely, and 85% of patients recover most of their function. Long-term consequences, however, include facial weakness, contracture, spasm and twitching, incomplete eye closure, synkinesis with eye tearing while chewing, eye closing with jaw opening, and corner of the mouth movement with blinking. Botulism toxin and tarsorophy can help. I hope this podcast has been helpful.